Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are maybe, sort of, possibly dating. A UK man officially changed his name to Celine Dion. And yes, we're absolutely going to talk about that mess. And we're joined by BuzzFeed's own Shyla Watson to talk all about the hit Netflix show, Bridgerton. It's January 5th, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Casey, I saw on the Instagram last night that a masked man showed up at your house with pizza. (laughs) Um, And I think it had something to do with The Bachelor. Am I correct in this? (laughs) Yes. I got got a press package for ABC in honor of The Bachelor premiere last night in which a young man in a full black tuxedo suit showed up at my house with a mask on, you know, for safety and handed me a bouquet of roses and a pepperoni pizza. I was deeply jealous of this because let a man with a tuxedo show up at my house with carbs. Girl, it's over. And flowers? Done. Done, done, done. So was your lover that arrived, was he um, good at delivering pizza? Like, what happened? Because I'm sure you didn't really get to talk to him. Like, I think it was like a quick... quick... I I asked him, I was like, can I take a picture of you? And he was like, yes, you may. I think many of people had been asking that. Um, No, he was great at it. And then, you know what? Last night was an adventure. My Bachelor chat absolutely loved the premiere because last season of The Bachelorette, which, you know, was so, 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 so long ago, 13 days, in fact, um, (laughs) that, (laughs) that, you know, it was an absolute mess. And so this one was hilarious because, oh my God, the budget is so much better this season. Amazing. Like instead of like some La Quinta resort in Palm Springs, like (laughs) it wasn't that great. They're at this full on mansion, I think in Pennsylvania with fall foliage. It's like absolutely gorgeous. It feels like actual bachelor not pandemic bachelor but i just want to you know i don't want to spoil anything i want to give you a quick recap this show had everything it had a 21 year old socialite a dildo what (laughs) it had yeah it had i'm not going to explain any further and then it had matt james the bachelor ask all of the women to bow their heads in prayer Oh, no. No, 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 no. I just, I don't watch The Bachelor, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it more, but just this Matt James person, I know he's the first Black Bachelor. There seems to be a lot of mess coming down the pipeline for him. Mm. So we will be following Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what else uh, comes out of the woodwork. Okay, I'll be waiting. All right, well, <laughs> let's start here today speaking of love. Harry Styles and <laughs> Olivia Wilde are maybe, probably, officially a couple, I guess. So how do we know this? Because the pair were seen together at the wedding of Harry's manager in California. They were holding hands and matching goods Gucci, and coordinated face masks. Fun fact, Harry was also the efficient of this wedding, and we love people who are multi-talented. Olivia is currently directing the film Don't Worry Darling, which Harry is starring in, and she broke off her engagement with Jason Sudeikis in November. So, Casey, how do we feel about this match? Is this going to be one that ends with a, what is it, a rose they do on Bachelor? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't know if it's going to end with a rose, but I think they're going to have a lot of fun together. (laughs) Um, but, uh, Wait, no, how when did, I, like, how did this happen though? Like, I, I, we keep laughing. Well, I mean, about this. I, I, it, it must have happened on this set. And, and I know we're saying that she called, broke off her engagement with Jason Sudeikis in November. The public heard about the, the break in the engagement in November. I think there are many people in LA who have heard that they've like split up prior to that. So I don't think she just like immediately ran to Harry Styles. But either way, I'm 
kind of all for it because I think their chaotic energies kind of match each other. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I see it. And I love that she is the older person in this. Like, because Harry Styles deserves to date an older person, whether it's Mm -hmm. her or me. One of these things should happen. (laughs) He needs something more mature, like a fine wine. And um, I'm fine with it well being that. Um, But what was interesting that I saw on my side of Twitter and social media was that people were really angry that people were just assuming that these two were together because they were holding hands. Fun fact, Mm. they are giving off we are having sex energy, so I do believe they're together. But Uh beyond that, there were pictures of him and Lizzo at different award shows holding hands, and people were mad Uh. that people didn't assume that they were together. So it was like, I love the conversation that was happening yesterday about this so much. Yeah, and to be frank, I would love both couplings. Yes, I also... (laughs) you know, believe in what to believe that Lizzo and Harry Styles have had an affair. It does not surprise me. He is chaotic. She is chaotic. Olivia's chaotic. All these chaoses like to collide and I love it. I hope it happens. Okay, so speaking of chaos, we very much have to talk about Canadian TikToker Lubelin. He's a musician taking TikTok by storm after he turned a Facebook feud between two boomers into pure gold. What did Caroline do her? She stole my she claimed it was hers. <laughs> so that particular broccoli casserole change has over 18 million views and clearly people are living for the petty Facebook drama. <laughs> okay, Casey, who was fighting over broccoli casserole? What happened? Okay, so it was supposed to be two boomers, two older boomer women. And I believe what happens is, is that Lubelin goes onto Reddit and can find like conversations between people with like really petty fights. Like it's all over Reddit. You can find wherever. This one that he found actually ended up being like fake. It was like two actually Gen Xers who were pretending to be these boomers who did it. But I think like, it's not like some big scam on anyone or any trick. I think he genuinely was just going to these threads on Reddit to find hilarious fights between people. And he has found other genuine ones, but I think it's just so funny because he's making like actual, very good music. Yeah. Like this is kind of like an EDM-y, housey, mm, jazzy mm-hmm. moment. Like I'm going to listen to this after we get off the show today as like something in the background. <laughs> I, I think he has a, a big future if he can turn broccoli into a hit oh my god this has more streams than taylor swift does right now i'm kidding kidding. that's not true taylor swift was the biggest artist of 2020 we will give her her flowers and her broccoli she deserves (laughs) all right well speaking of people that deserve their flowers we all think we love celine dion but one man is putting us all to shame with his pure devotion to the canadian songstress 30 year old thomas dodd from the uk was watching a tv concert and imbibed maybe a bit too much and then apparently went online and filed an application to change his own name to Celine Dion. The thing is, he doesn't quite remember doing it and only found out about it after he got the official notice that his request had been processed. And while he is living for it, his mom isn't and the original Celine's PR representatives have yet to comment. (laughs) You know what? I actually (laughs) love that they have yet to comment. Celine Dion's like, oh, that's fine. Which is fair. Everyone knows who she is. No one's like competing for like her brand. Like, no, they don't think this guy's going to take anything away from her. No, and Celine Dion (laughs) probably deeply loves this. Like, she wants more people to be named after her. And I'm sure there's a lot of people named Celine after her. I mean, she is the princess of Canada and one of the most beloved songstresses ever to to be out in the world. Um, But, you know, this made me think about who's a famous person 
I would switch my name to. And I don't really, I don't know. I don't have one. Do you have one that comes to mind? I don't think like I have a specific one. I would love to change my name just so I could, but you know, I don't even need to change my name to do it. Like I've always wanted to know if you want to get into like a fancy restaurant and you just like say like, hi, I'm Drew Barrymore's assistant. And you know, like you would need to pick a name that's like, you know, someone knows it immediately. Pause. I don't know why I picked Drew Barrymore. Pause, pause, pause. Drew Barrymore is where you went to get to a restaurant. I don't know. That, Drew that Barrymore. Wasn't the, she was the first name that popped into my head. I really okay, want to unpack it, why Drew Barrymore was the first thing that popped into I don't know. I don't want to unpack it. What if it tells me something bad about myself? I already had to do astrology yesterday. This is, I'm being too vulnerable. I've turned this into art therapy. I've turned this into art therapy. Anyway, so Drew Barrymore is who you're going to pick. Great. Done. Settled. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, Zach. I'm loving talking to you right now. And I know we didn't get to talk to each other every day during the holidays, but I kind of felt like we were because there was one great unifier throughout it all. And that is Netflix's Bridgerton. Yes. I'm pausing for your reaction because I, I know you also uh, uh, love the show. I, you know, Casey, when this came out, I had no idea it was coming. I'm very passionate about period dramas, especially those set in London with white people being messy and this gave me that but so much more you know the show is set in 19th century london it's about the bridgerton family which is a white family with the eldest daughter daphne who's seeking a husband but she ends up conspiring with the duke of hastings simon bassett in a fake relationship so that they both can navigate their futures together and the duke mm-hmm. is fine and he is black and we love 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 and it's a very very teen rom-com but what's something amazing about it that it defies everything we're used to in the period drama you know beyond him being black they have a lot of sex the music Music is very contemporary and there's a lot of soft core porn so it's not just sex but it's like very aggressive <laughs> sex and oh yeah the series is from the one and only Chandra Rhymes and I feel like we probably sold you on it now so go tune in immediately <laughs> okay so listeners Zach and I have only been recently acquainted with Bridgerton but the series is actually based on a series of romance novels from author Julia Quinn and BuzzFeed pop culture editor Shiloh Watson is very familiar with the series we're talking to her today about everything Bridgerton Hi, Shyla. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, so the first thing we need to know, did Bridgerton on Netflix live up to your expectations having already read the books? I'm, I am I can't believe I'm going to say this, but yes. I feel like adaptations never live up to my expectations, but this one, it, it, even, it even went above and beyond. Wow. Uh, okay, wait, so are there any major discrepancies between the two? Um, um, I think mostly it's, there are a bunch of new characters that aren't in the books, Mm. like, um, the dressmaker at the Modiste and, um, even Queen Charlotte is barely mentioned. Um, and the prince is completely new. Uh, Sienna, um, Anthony's like love interest, the opera singer, she's completely new. Even Marina, she's mentioned very briefly in one of the later books, but she's basically a completely new character. So I think, that was probably the biggest difference. Um, also, there was no boxing, but obviously I'm not going to complain about, you know, the boxing scenes. For I mean, they were reasons. good. <laughs> Netflix was probably like, how do we get them shirtless more often? <laughs> 
And the answer was boxing. <laughs> yeah. And it felt very homoerotic, which is something I want in all of my period dramas. So, you know, it was really I was into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So the series is a period drama, like I just said, but it's also a fantasy. It defies the genre in a lot of ways, especially in casting. The series unfolds in a world where diversity exists, but isn't really addressed. So what did you think about that? Because, you know, as a person who loves a good Jane Austen, I have never seen Black people like this. I have a lot of feelings. I mean, obviously it was a huge, I won't necessarily say improvement, but I mean, compared to the original books, you know, it's always great to have diversity and to really see yourself um, in a work like this. And, you know, there was that one scene where Simon is looking at the portrait of his father and, you know, you just never see black people in historical garb like that with the powdered wig and the whole deal. So it really was a fantasy to see you know, a different past that could have been. And I really loved that. And I I thought that the casting was fantastic and not just the diverse casting, but like they made a lot of characters queer that weren't before. So I thought that that was great as well. But that being said, I do think that, you know, you look at all of the black characters in the series and they all have some kind of, I don't know, baggage, I guess. Like, you know, Simon was emotionally abused by his father and, you know, you have Marina and, you know, that's clearly not a great situation to be in. And, you know, she's poor from a farm and they make her this villain trying to trick someone into marriage. And yes, Lady Danbury, when she gives that speech to Simon when he's really young and talks about how in her past, you know, she was looked at differently when she walked into a room um, and you wonder what her backstory is. Queen Charlotte and her husband, even if it's not her directly, she's in this marriage. The public obviously perceives her as some kind of villain who did something to the king. No one knows what's really going on. And none of the white characters have those issues. You know, they're all just rich and looking to get married or, you know, looking to be in their station. And it's very class focused, which the books are as well. Uh, so I, I do hope that if we get a season two, fingers crossed, you know, they introduce some new characters that don't necessarily have that heavy baggage, but yeah. It's it's still great to have diversity. Yeah, no, it is. It is. While I was watching it, it made me think a lot about Hamilton and how that kind of allowed for people of color to be present on stage in a, in a way in which we weren't present. You know, Black people were present during that time of Hamilton, but we were mostly slaves. We were not people in power. But what this show does is it puts us in power. However, do you think that, like, just making them Black was good enough? I just felt myself a little uncomfortable with this. I was like, this is a great fantasy, but we're not really talking about how Blackness actually operated right then. I read a lot of criticism, and I totally hear that. And there are questions I have. Like, we get a little snippet of just how Black people sort of, like, came into that space in their universe. And obviously, that wasn't enough. And, like, I would love to know more. But something I think about is... Dan Levy gave this interview about Schitt's Creek and how his character, he's gay and he's just accepted and loved. And it's just a completely normal thing. He doesn't have to go through any kind of hardships. He's accepted by all the characters and it's just the reality that the show is. And I kind of love that. I think Bridgerton did that in a very similar way where we don't have to, you know, go into the heavy uh, topics of racism. And, you know, this is just the world that we live in. People are accepted and there are different classes, of course, but when it comes to race, it seems pretty, I don't know if equal is the right word, but you know, I guess as, as much as you could be. Um, and I think that that really provides an escape. So it definitely has its pros and cons, but 
I'm definitely on the more pro side. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. And, you know, I love when Dan Levy talks about that because it allows us as, you know, as minority folks to be able to imagine that the world doesn't have to be homophobic. It doesn't have to be racist. And like, this is what it could look like if you guys just got your shit together. Oh, my God. Stop being racist. Exactly. Um, so, you know, anyway, well, speaking of, you know, magical moments or fantasy, something else I really love was the music they used, especially when they did Ariana Grande's Thank You Next as with an orchestra, which was incredible. So what did you think about this kind of usage of using modern day music in a more, I guess, Regency style back then? When I first heard it, I was so surprised. I was like, is that, is that my brain <laughs> playing tricks on me? <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't really sure, but yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will listen to the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack like it's my job. 100%. <laughs> you know, it's fine. But I really thought that this was a fresh way to modernize period pieces in like as much as you possibly can. And not just with music, but I mean, even the way the show looks, it's so vibrant. There's so many colors. And again, with the diversity and including queer characters, and it really just, it, it's a period piece for the moment. And I, I really love that. Okay, blowing my mind right now because I did not know that there was a cover of Thank You Next. But what I did notice there's a cover of was a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> listening and I was like, oh, I'm loving this song. What What is this? I love this. And, and then I saw it on TikTok and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? So I like what you said. It's of this time. So it is cool that it's able to combine, you know, my love for Regency era, wow. but also to feel like, you know, 2021. <laughs> yeah, I think they snuck a Billie Eilish one in there too. I don't yeah. know. I feel like, I feel like 2022, someone's going to be walking down the aisle to an orchestra version of Oh next. no! 100%. Maybe that will be me. Let's make that happen. I want to do that. I'm, I'm ready. I'm manifesting that for you. I'm manifesting the man and the royal wedding. Where are you, Prince Harry? Where are you? <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the sex in Bridgerton. There's a lot of it. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We gotta win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. 
I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed editor Shiloh Watson about Netflix's smash hit Bridgerton. The one thing everyone is specifically talking about seems to be the sex scenes. In particular, a three-minute long montage. What exactly is the fuss about, Shiloh? Well, I just want to say to anyone who's listening who hasn't already watched this, do not watch it with your parents, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And after that, I will say... Listen, I have read many a historical romance novel, and this is par for the course. Like, this is not shocking. I think it is shocking to see it, but it's not shocking that it's happening. Um, so that matches the books <laughs> very accurately, but it, it's steamy. And it's it's weird because it's like, you know, if you compare this to like a Pride and Prejudice, if you see Mr. Darcy, like, <laughs> I don't know, just it, it would just, it would take you... I don't know. I think you that- are literally like <laughs> blushing right uh, now. You really are. You really are. And you're also sending me on a journey because now I'm imagining Mr. Darcy played by the Colin uh, first in the BBC rendition having sexy yes. sex scenes. Like I, I yes. want to see it, but I can't see it because it never happens like this. Like this was really radical. Right. Exactly. Like the most we got in like, you know, the Keira Knightley one was almost a handhold, you know, <laughs> like, and we were, and we were like, oh my God. And this, I was like, Okay, so you get the three-minute montage, and then, like, ten minutes later, I was like, oh, oh, they're doing it again. Oh, 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 here we go again. Oh, more sex. Good for them. Healthy, healthy. (laughs) And, you know, I think it's so shocking because, like I said, this is how it is in books. I mean, sometimes when I'm reading, I have to look behind my shoulder, make sure no one makes sure no one's behind (laughs) me reading what I'm reading. I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think it's because... With period pieces, again, this is so different and it's so, it's a period piece of the moment. So we're not used to seeing any kind of real affection. I mean, there's like, you know, like you said, hand holding, kissing. People are so reserved and buttoned up and, you know, we don't really see them explore their sexuality in period pieces. And uh, with this, it's very, you know, they're just everyday people. And you think back to the past and like, that's probably how it actually was. Um, and, it's just us looking back and we don't, we don't know. So, uh, it's shocking to see, but I think another part of it is just the lack of knowledge always gets me. I mean, Oh my God. (laughs) When I, I read it and I knew it was going to happen and I was like, I don't know how they're going to do that in the show. How are they going to make it believable? Because it is modern. So to go around and have grown women, Daphne is supposed to be 21, not know what sex is or literally what happens on a wedding night, how babies are made, just keeping them in the dark is shocking. So to see the lack of knowledge and then all the sex scenes right after is, it's a weird dichotomy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's whiplash. <laughs> I, I also want to know if you read about this because while I was watching the sex scenes, <laughs> I also was thinking like, oh, this is beautifully shot. I can't like, their hands are placed in very specific ways. You can't really see certain things, wink, wink. And so I read about it and it was said that they were filmed like, action scenes in that you knew like you would know where a sword goes every single time you know where your hand is going on what place and where the camera will be and i did think that was really fascinating 
Yeah. Usually with shows like that, where there are a lot of sex scenes, there will be an intimacy coordinator on hand. And it's literally that person's job to make sure that, you know, it's basically choreography. It's supposed to look natural to us, but in reality, it's just like fight scenes or dance scenes. It's all choreographed. Every move, every hand placement, like you said, every kiss, every look in someone else's eye, because it's professional, you know? And I think it just goes to show how good of a job these coordinators do because it doesn't feel I mean, I hate to use the word stiff, but it doesn't feel stiff. Oh, Shyla. <laughs> Shyla Watson. Wow. I know, I know. Um, but it doesn't feel forced or anything. It just, it really feels natural, I guess. <laughs> so to wrap this up, we said it at the beginning, but this comes from Shonda Rhimes. Does this show feel like Shonda Rhimes to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm happy about it. Okay, so I have to go back and do my research. But if I'm remembering correctly, Shonda Rhimes also did Princess Diaries 2. And she also did Crossroads with Britney Spears. So I what? If, if I'm doing if I'm being correct, Zach is nodding his head. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I feel like when people hear Shonda, they think, oh, dark murder conspiracy and you know there's definitely a sprinkle of that but we're going back to i feel like og shonda with the romance and it's light plus i think again i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel like this is one of her first adaptations and so you know everything else has been original from her own brain and this is something that already exists so yes of course it's going to feel different because it's not 100 percent authentic to her But it makes me really excited for what else she's going to do because, like I said, I've read these books. It's been a while, and I probably would have never thought that, A, they would get adapted. I mean, I feel like romance and historical romance is really having a moment right now. But B, that someone like Shonda Rhimes would pick it up and be like, yes, this. This is what I want. We're going to make it a twist. We're going to diversify it and make it fantastic. And so I'm like, hey, can I recommend some more books for you to do? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she has all that Netflix money now, so she definitely can be adapting more books. And maybe, you know, you were correct that she did write Crossroads starring the one and only Britney Spears. So maybe we need a Crossroads part two. I don't know. Something. something, (laughs) I would watch it. Sign me up. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been lovely. And thank you for fulfilling. My big goal was to immediately this year talk about the show on the show. So thank you for allowing (laughs) it to happen, Shyla. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on All Things Bridgerton. (laughs) That's it for today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow. And remember, Olivia Wilde, please give Harry Styles a rose bachelor style. Fuel our chaotic energy dreams. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for even more of what you love about us here at BuzzFeed coming to you daily. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. 
We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.